All right. Yeah, you should be at Genesis 2 by now. Let's all stand together. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read verse 18 down through the end of the chapter. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. And let's you read along silently as I read aloud. Verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him and out of the ground. The Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto, unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would quiet our hearts this morning and cause us to focus on the Word of God and, and be attentive to the Spirit of God as he speaks to our hearts. Lord, uh, I pray that you give, give me the, the words to say, wisdom, and what to, to say and what not to say. And uh, Father, may you get the honor and may you get the glory through all that's said and done throughout this day and particularly in this message. God, please speak to our hearts. And as you do, may we respond to you and say yes, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Title of my message this morning is, is uh, The God of Differences. God made people different. God made people different from the animals. Uh, God made men different from women. And by the way, he made men, he made women, he made nothing in between, okay? And I know our society is saying otherwise, society is wrong. What society is saying when they say that there are things in between they, they're, they're saying that God made a mistake. I got news for you. My God never makes a mistake. Never has, never will. And, but he is a God of differences. And he created things to be distinctly different. Uh, he, he created the, the animals and then he created man. And uh, man could not find a help meet with those, with those animals. Why? Because man is not an animal. It's that simple. Uh, again, evolution tries to teach otherwise and teach that really there's no difference between us and the animals. Yes, there is a huge difference because if there wasn't, he could have found a helpmeet there, but he couldn't. And so God created a woman. Now, when he created a woman, he did not create someone just like Adam. Why? Because Adam didn't need another Adam. Amen. And Eve didn't need another Eve. Uh, she needed an Adam and Adam needed an Eve. 
and, and uh, he, he made them distinctly different. Uh, and, and men and women should, should, should exalt those differences. Uh, women are f- to be feminine. Men are to be masculine. I hate it when those lines are blurred. I just do. Uh, why? Well, because God made them distinctly different. Uh, you know, uh, one, of, one, of our, one of our children uh, was observed by preacher uh, Keck one time back years ago and said, you know, he, says, he said he's not a sissy or anything like that, but I have noticed some, some characteristics that just are not manly. And so uh, he pointed that out to me, and I said, okay. And uh, he gave me some, some, some ideas to follow, and I did, and you know, we exalted the masculinity. Uh, I think that's a good thing to do, because God made men to be men, and God made women to be women, and they are different. They are different, and they're supposed to be different. Different doesn't mean one's better than the other or one's worse than the other. Different means they're different. You know, if my wife was just like me, she wouldn't need me and I wouldn't need her. (laughs) But she's not. She's different. And part of her difference is, is not just that she's a different person, but she is a woman. And, and uh, you know, uh, one of the things that Satan tries to do, and I've, I've seen this, I was admonished to this early on in the Christian life, and I've been watching it, and it's absolutely true. Satan loves to try to get rid of the lines of distinction. He tries to get rid of the differences and make it all the same. For instance, I heard just recently that uh, one, of the, one of the things that's being pushed, and you're seeing it here in America, we, we don't need borders. We don't need borders down south. We don't need borders above. We don't need borders on the, on the east or on the west. Just let everybody come and go. They want the whole world to be like that because they're looking for a one-world government. That is not of God, Okay. He destroyed that, that whole idea years ago with Babel, okay? They were all trying to get together. And he scattered people. Um, God wants us to be distinctly different. Uh, that's why uh, women ought to dress like women and men ought to dress like men. Deuteronomy 22.5 says that men shouldn't wear women's clothing and women shouldn't wear men's clothing. Why? Because they should be different, they should be distinct. The uh, Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 11 that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Why? Because women ought to have long hair, and that makes them feminine, and I don't like feminine guys. I'm just telling you, okay, I, I don't. Why? Because they ought to be masculine, because they're men. They're men. Are you with me this morning? Or have you all been brainwashed by the world? Uh, we, years ago, uh, there was a missionary. It wasn't at this church. It was at the church I pastored prior to this. And um, uh, there was a, a fella getting ready to go on the mission field. And he wanted to have a meeting with me. He was originally out of that church. And I'd never met him before. And uh, I said, well, I scheduled a meeting. He came to the office. We sat down, we talked to him. It was he and his wife. 
Now, his wife wasn't totally silent, but she had a very, very quiet and godly and, and uh, feminine demeanor about her. She just impressed me. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we, we, we took them on for, for support. And I pulled them off to the side one, one day, and I says, you know, I says, one of the reasons why we took, took you folks on for support is because you've got a godly wife, and, I, and, and she, she is different from you. And he just looked at me and smiled and said, yeah, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> you know, that's what a guy wants. But uh, there is supposed to be a difference. Um, back in, in uh, take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 16. And the whole, the whole point of this message this morning is to see God in the differences and to understand that differences are good. As long as you don't get into the area of sin. Now, sin is a different thing altogether. But differences are good because God makes us different. And when, when you see the lines of distinction being uh, erased or attacked, that is satanic, that is not of God. Uh, Acts chapter 16, look with me down in verses 16 through 18. It says, it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. So she had, a, she had an evil spirit. Spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She was of the, 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 that spirit was of the devil, was not of God. The same followed Paul in us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, did, did that evil spirit say anything that was wrong? Answer me. No. no, he didn't. He didn't. He was right, but he was an evil spirit saying it. What does that cause? Confusion. That causes confusion. How, how, how did Paul respond? Verse 18. And this she did many days, but Paul being grieved, he wasn't glad that, he, that that spirit gave that message, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out of her the same hour. Um, God wants distinctions so people can tell the difference. And it's not all, in this particular case, it was a distinction between right and wrong. It's not always that kind of a distinction, but, but there needs to be distinctions. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. I have been, for some reason, I've been drawn to the book of Romans a lot lately. And uh, Romans has just been, just been a blessing. I found truth after truth and pattern after pattern in the book of Romans that has, has just been a blessing to me. And in Romans 12, he, he speaks about differences among us as believers. But notice how he does it. In the first, in the first two verses, and we'll, we'll take a look at them. Uh, in the first two verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2, he speaks to everyone in general. Why? Well, because these are truths that, that apply to all. 
Then you get down to verse 3, and from 3 to 8, he, he uh, speaks to uh, folks that have different kinds of gifts. And he admonishes them according to the gift that they have. In other words, they're not all the same. They're all different. But God uses those good differences, the good ones, in the church to be able to get the job done. Then you come down to verse 9, and it says, Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. And you go all the way to the end of the chapter, and it's general again. So he's got, he's got the first two verses are general, the, the last verses from verse 9 to, to uh, uh, 21 are general. And, but then in between, he says, you folks are different. You have different distinctions. Look with me in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that applies to everyone who is saved. God wants us to be saved. He wants us to be separated. He wants us to, to give our bodies a living sacrifice. He wants our minds to be renewed and not to be conformed to this world. But then you get to verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to... Uh, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And the implication there is it's different with each individual. So he deals differently with individuals because of their individual needs, and he gives them different gifts. And he begins to talk about those things in verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Having then gifts differing, we're not the same. We're not the same. We're not going to see things the same. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Of, of, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, after he talks about those different gifts and those differences among them, look at the next thing he says in verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. <laughs> love each other. You are different as can be. Love each other. You need one another. You need one another. That's why God made you different. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. You know, don't put up with evil. He's not talking about differences that are evil. He's talking about differences that are good, that just make us different. And there's differences in the church. You've got, you've got different gifts. You've got, um, you know, you, 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 if, you, if you look with me in verse, uh, let's see, verse 6. 
having, having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us. These are grace gifts. The gifts that are over, and we'll go there here in just a moment, but the gifts that are over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are spirit gifts. Now, you know, you say, well, they're all given by the Spirit of God. I understand that, but he does make a distinction. And distinctions are made in the Word of God so we can sit up and take notice. These are grace gifts. These are gifts, I believe, that have, 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 uh, uh, still, are still with us today. The one that is, one of the ones that is uh, duplicated in the 1 Corinthians 12 uh, list, which I believe are transitional gifts. They were gifts that were given to, to those in the church in order to transition from, uh, from, from uh, the Old Testament to the New Testament to not having a completed uh, canon to finally having the entire Bible and having the, the whole revelation. Uh, the one, one, of the, one of the gifts that is duplicated is, is the one prophecy. Now prophecy, the, the gift of a prophet, prophet is, is twofold. Uh, a prophet can be a, actually was oftentimes both, was a foreteller and a fourth teller. A foreteller meaning telling the future, and that was the Old Testament prophets. And, and then, then a foreteller is one that just simply boldly proclaims truth. And uh, the, the aspect of the foretelling is not necessary. We got a book that tells us that. Amen? Okay? But the, the, the job of a prophet to be a forth teller, a bolder, bold com, uh, uh, giver of, of truth, a proclaimer of truth, that is still intact today. But you look at those, you look at those gifts, you've got, you've got a prophet, you've got, uh, you've got uh, uh, ministry, you've got uh, teaching, you've got exhorting, you've got giving, you've got uh, uh, ruling, and then you've got mercy. I believe all of those, those gifts are, are intact today. But you look at those gifts, and, and each one of those people that have those gifts, and I believe that our church is full of all of those, uh, they look at things through different set of, sets of eyeglasses. A, a man who has the gift of being a prophet, a, a proclaimer of truth, uh, is going to look at things pretty black and white. And this is the truth, buck up and take it. The person with the gift of mercy is going to be different. They're going to have, they're going to have uh, a real heart for folks. They're going to have a real, real tender heart. That doesn't mean that the person with, with, a, with, a, with the gift of being a, a prophet and a forth teller uh, can't have, uh, can have a tender heart too. He does need to have it. But one of the places he learns about having a tender heart is from the person with mercy. But that person's going to look at things different. The uh, ruler, the one with the gift of administration, he's going to look at things differently than the person with mercy. Uh, and... and uh, uh, the exhorter and the teacher and so forth. It, it, right, right down the line, each one looks at things different. Like, for instance, um, a, a person who has a tendency 
to have the gift of a prophet will, will clash oftentimes with someone who has the mercy. Uh, why? Well, the, the truth of the matter is not only do they see things differently, but they oftentimes forget, the mercy forgets that they need that boldness of speaking out for truth, and the person who's bold in speaking out for truth needs to have the mercy. The Bible says, speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And so we need each other to remind each other of, of, of the things that, that we personally lack because we're strong in some other areas. Uh, you've got, you've got an, an, an exhorter who uh, sees a problem and gives a, a detailed plan of attack. Uh, the giver will see the problem and say, hey, we need to, we need to throw some money in that direction. Uh, they look at things differently. Um, ever notice how God has a tendency? I see this in our church all over the place. I see it everywhere I go. God has a tendency to put opposites together in marriage. He does. Uh, and I believe that's of God. You know why that is? Because, if, like I said, if my wife and I were both identical and the same, one of us would be unnecessary, okay? <laughs> and she's not unnecessary, and I hope I'm not unnecessary either. And uh, uh, we, we definitely are different now if you're, if you're not careful. And I know this has never happened to any of you other married couples, I'm sure, but if you're not careful, you can let those things become clashes, <laughs> And they could become head knockers. Not only can you do that in, in a home, but you can also do that in a church. You can do that at work. You can do that in your family. You can do that in relationships. And it, it's, it's so important for us to understand that the reason why God puts different people in different places is because we desperately need one another. And we should not use those differences to become points of irritation. We ought to use those differences to be reminded of the, of the strengths that they have, the weaknesses that we have, and then also the strengths that we have and the, the blessing that God wants us to be. Uh, you ever notice how, for instance, God will often put a person who is meticulous about things. I mean, things need to be in the right order, done the right way, and put them together with, with uh, someone who is very carefree. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've watched couples where she wants uh, everything in its proper place, and you need to put it there, and when he undresses, he throws all his clothes on the floor, all over the bedroom. Uh, why? Well, because he's carefree and he could care less and she wants to have that stuff in every, and, you know, every sock has a place. Every shirt and pair of pants has a place. Uh, if you don't put them in their place, then there's something wrong. Well, uh, what, what's the purpose of putting those folks together? It's not so they can have uh, worldwide wrestling matches, okay? That's not the purpose. It's not so you can have Friday night at the fights. It's, it's so that, you, it's so that you, you can learn from one another and, and be and get a blessing from one another. 
Um, as, a, as, as a general example, and I realize there are exceptions to this. I know that. But you look at, the, at some of the general differences between men and women. For instance, men are mental. Now, some of you women are saying, yeah, I got a mental husband. Yeah, no, 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 I mean cerebral, factual, okay? We're, men have a tendency to be factually based and, and, and operate that way. Women operate a lot on their heart. You know what? I'm thankful for both. I'm thankful for both. Uh, this business of men marrying men and women marrying women, first of all, it's against nature, okay? And it's against God's laws. But not only that, they're the same. And if, they, if, they've, if they've caused themselves to be different, in the, it's just weird stuff. That's, just, that's taking things out of the order that God has made it naturally and perverting it. And it is a perversion. And, you know, you hear so much stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been told my whole life since I've been saved, be careful, man. You don't want to take the gospel and shove it down somebody's throat. I got news. The world's shoving their garbage down our throat. Now, what they're shoving down our throat will kill us. What we are shoving down their throat, and oftentimes it's not, not even done that way, we're just accused of it, uh, is, is going to help them and give them life. Uh, you know, be careful. We're, we're so inundated by that stuff. And I, I, I have seen, I've watched over the years, especially when it, it, when it hits families. And I'm not preaching this message because it's hit any of our families to my knowledge. I, I, I don't know that it has. Uh, but, but the point is, uh, I've, I have seen older people change their stand for righteousness because somebody in their family has decided to take a sinful route. And so they start justifying it and they start you know, qualifying it and so forth. Uh, be careful of that. Right is still right and wrong is still wrong. Regardless of what the society says, if society goes against this book, God is always right, society is always wrong. And all God's people said. That's really, that's, that is the truth. But, uh, but, but understand that uh, we, we are... We are made different. For instance, um, you see a, a woman in trouble, and you see a man in trouble. And if a woman's troubled by something, what does she want to do? Well, usually she wants to talk about it. She wants to talk about it. She doesn't necessarily, and I've learned this over the years, she doesn't necessarily immediately want a solution. She wants to talk to you about it. You can give that solution a little later, but not and I'm still learning that one, I think, uh, along the way. A man, a man doesn't want to talk about nothing. If, if he's troubled, you, you know what I do? I go, into, I go into a man cave. Now, right now, that's our, that's our guest room upstairs. As long as somebody's not in it, I'm up there, shut the door, just leave me alone. When my wife is sick, she responds totally different to sickness than I do. 
Uh, she'll get sick, but she won't stay in bed. She'll get up, she'll do things, she'll do things around the house. So, woman, you're out of your mind. Go to bed, would you? Just you know, take care of yourself. You know what I do? I go to bed. And I put the covers over. I put the, I put the uh, uh, thermostat on that electric blanket up to 10. And I just fry myself uh, underneath those covers. That's exactly what I do. Uh, and my wife comes in, and because she's got a servant's heart, she'll say, can I do anything for you? Can I, can I help you? Is there anything? Yes. Do me one thing. Leave me alone. Just let me be miserable in my misery. In my, and I get over it. Men and women are different. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Different, there, there's people that have differences that God has strategically placed in our lives. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And of course, this, this passage is talking specifically about the church. And he's speaking to a local church and let, letting them know, the church at Corinth, that God has placed different people in that church with different gifts so the church can, united, get, get the job done together. Look with me, beginning in verse, um, oh, let's see, chapter 12, verse 14. Chapter 12, verse 14. And we'll read down through verse uh, 25. Look at verse 14. It says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? In other words, if they, if they all had the same gifts and they all did things the same way, you wouldn't get the job done. The body couldn't operate. Verse 20. But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that, to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. In other words, he made us different not so we can fight. <laughs> he made us different not so we can get irritated with one another. He made us different so that we can get along and work together. I need your differences. You need my differences. Uh, those, those differences are not to irritate us. And so oftentimes we allow that to happen. I can't believe so-and-so did this. I can't believe so-and-so did that. 
I can't believe they, they operated this way. Well, you know, stop and think about it. Maybe there's a reason for it. You ever, you ever, uh, you ever encountered someone that you knew, knew for quite some time and you went to say hello to them in the morning and they looked back at you and said, hi, and walked away. And you say, well, what in the world is their problem? Well, maybe you just hit the nail on the head. Maybe they do have a problem. And maybe you're part of the solution. If nothing else, you can for sure pray for them. And pray and ask God, what can I do to be a blessing? Um, it's, it's amazing to me how that when someone acts out of sorts and a person has known that person for years, we're not talking about just a casual acquaintance. We're talking about knowing them for years. They act out of sorts and immediately we want to get out the sword and lop off their head. You ever been there? You know, you know what that is? That's a lack of compassion. That's a lack of forbearance. That's a lack of love. That's a lack of care. And I've been there. I mean, I, I, I've been on the, on the wrong side of that equation. And I don't mean the person that's out of sorts. I mean the person that responds to the person that's out of sorts. And we, we've got to realize that there, you know, if, if people are are different and acting differently, possibly there's something wrong in their life and they need some help, or they just see things with a different eye. And, and they're, they're, that vision is absolutely necessary. Uh, if, we, uh, if we'll allow it, the, the differences can actually cause us to be unified. Uh, one of the best examples I know of watching that at work around here has been at Vacation Bible School. We've got all kinds of folks. Whenever we have Vacation Bible School, we've got all kinds of folks doing all kinds of things. And, and uh, we've, we've had Vacation Bible Schools where people that have never worked Vacation Bible School a day in their life have, have decided to work it. We've got some folks that do stories. We have some folks that lead singing. We have some folks that do uh, memory verses. We got some folks that work the, the, the bank over in the corner usually. Got other folks that do decorations. Um, and and no, no two are, seem to be alike. But man, you put it all together in unity and you don't let each other get on each other's nerves and man, that thing becomes a well-oiled machine. But you've got to understand that people are different. And that's not a bad thing. There's no unnecessary members. There's no warts, there's no pimples in the, in the body, okay? Uh, there's no warts, no pimples at Freedom Baptist Church. Uh, we're, we're all necessary for the work. And, and again, please understand, when I talk about these differences, I'm never talking about sinful ones. Sin needs to be taken care of. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But when, when we're talking about differences, there's a reason. God has equipped us differently. For instance, uh, some of you folks have been through things in your life that I've never been through. 
I've never lost a child, but there's quite a few folks in this church that have. So you're going to see things in those areas in a different way. Um, I lost my mom when I was eight years old. We've got a lot, of, a lot of folks in our church whose parents are still alive. Both parents are still alive. Um, I, I've lost both my mom. I've lost actually two moms and, and a dad. Uh, but lost my mom when I was eight years old. That was absolutely necessary for me. Because God used that situation and circumstance in my life be, in order to bring me, I believe, eventually to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If I had not lost my mom at eight years old, I don't know that I'd be saved today. And I'm just being honest with you. I thought, without talking to anybody about it, I thought about death. I thought about the afterlife. I thought about where, what is the soul? Where does it go? I thought about all those things because I saw it early. As a teenager, kids would tell jokes about death. I never laughed. I never laughed at the jokes. I didn't think they were funny because I encountered death at an early age. That doesn't make me good and them evil. It's just different perspective. So there's some conclusions we can come to because God's made us and equipped us differently. First of all, don't cover up your differences and your distinctions. Use them for the glory of God. And by the way, I would add to that, what are you doing with what God's given you? Are you just sitting on it? If, if, you're, if you're saved, you have at least one spiritual gift. If you want to find out what it is, I would look at the, at the uh, passage in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm sorry, I'd look at the passage of Romans 12. I was, I was looking at 1 Corinthians, it's open in my Bible. Uh, I, would, I would look at Romans chapter 12 and go through that list of gifts. Um, if God has equipped you, and he has, what are you doing with it? Secondly, don't let the differences of others irritate you. Instead, learn from them. Don't complain about them. And, you know, I, I'm, preaching, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I find myself doing these very things, and I have to be constantly reminded People are different because you need those differences. I need those differences. Uh, don't, don't let the differences cause you to gripe and complain. Uh, praise God for them. Um, you know, a good example of, of this. My, my, my wife and I come from different backgrounds. Uh, she was raised in a family where she was the oldest of nine children. There's 11 people in that family. 11 people sat around the dinner table. And, uh, you know, the, the, sometimes it was, it was a little, it, it wasn't real super plentiful. And so that had to be rationed out. So she has a tendency to ration things out. She'll buy snacks. And she'll have, she'll have a purpose for them. I know what the purpose for snacks are. Eat them now. The whole, not part of it. Not some of it, the whole bag, okay? Now, not only uh, do I need her to say, whoa, <laughs> you know, I, I was planning on this for dinner. I, I, I'm starting to learn. We've been married 50 years. I'm just starting to get it. Uh, I'm a little slow. But uh, uh, 
I'll go to her, I'll say, hey, such and such is in the refrigerator. Are, are you planning that for a meal? Or, and she'll say, yeah, I, I was. I suppose you could eat it if you, no, 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 that's fine. You planned it, we'll just we'll leave it there. Um, those differences are there for a reason. Don't let them be sources of irritation. Because you're a Christian, you're different. Don't try to cover your differences. The Bible says we're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses savor, uh, 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 but if the salt have, have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. Salt is useful because it's distinct. It has a difference and it can be useful. Listen, vaunt those differences, but do so properly and do so, do so righteously. And then God works differently in each of our lives because we're not the same. And we have different needs at different times of our lives. So don't look at someone else and say, well, why is God letting him have that and won't let me have that? Why is God doing that in their life but not doing that in my life? Because you are different and you have a personal God who superintends over the minute details. And I'm convinced of that more today than I've ever been. Over the minute details of your life. Praise God for those differences. Praise God he doesn't treat you and do all the same things for someone else that he does for you and vice versa. Uh, don't criticize his work in your life because you don't understand it or it's different than how he's dealing with someone else. A famous, and I've used this, this verse so often, God's used it in my life so often. Bible says, comparing themselves among themselves, they were not wise. I'm waiting for somebody to come out with a, with a translation that says comparing themselves among themselves, they were just downright stupid. Because <laughs> that's really what it is, it's not wise. Why? Why is it not wise? Because you are different. You ought to praise God for what God's doing in your life. Whether it be adverse, whether it be an affliction, or whether it be a blessing, it's for a purpose. My God does not do anything haphazard. And all God's people say, we got to remind ourselves of that, though. Often, we need to remind ourselves. Different backgrounds cause you to see things from different perspectives. Thank God for your past. Every one of us have things in our past, some more than others, that you look at and cringe. God wants to take those cringe moments and use them for you to be a blessing to somebody else. Don't curse the darkness. Thank God for the light that he gave you along the way so that, so that you could be a blessing to others. I'm going to close with one verse. In fact, you don't even have to turn there. You can if you want to. Romans chapter 8, most of you know it by heart anyway. But it really applies to this message and it applies to the different ways that God does different things in each of our lives. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. 
actually all the way down through 30, it says, and we know that all things, all things, all things, everything, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the purpose, to make us like Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren, more Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. God is a God of differences. Praise him for the differences he's put in your life and the differences he's put in others. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray this morning that you would work in our hearts about this matter of differences. And Lord, uh, we've got as many different, I, just thinking as I was preaching the message this morning, looking out and knowing the backgrounds of our folks and knowing the things that people have gone through over these last 30 years I've been here, 30 plus. Uh, Lord, uh, there, there's a tremendous amount of differences and diversity here, but it's all for a purpose. Lord, there's nothing that's been accidental in any of our lives. Lord, help us to see the reason for the differences. The reason is you're trying to make us more and more like Jesus Christ. And we might not have all the answers to all the questions of things that are different in our lives, but we can be assured of this. Every single one of them's got an absolute specific purpose and Lord we need to be surrendered to that purpose maybe there's someone here this morning that just needs to ask the Lord to forgive them for complaining about the differences maybe there's someone this morning that needs to just confess that complaining about others maybe sin as well uh, Lord, we're all necessary. God, uh, you put the differences there for a reason. And it's not to, to push us apart, but it's to draw us together. And Lord, help us to just really to look to you and realize that you have a plan for us as individuals. God, there's many ways you could use this, this message and this invitation. Lord, as you speak to hearts, May we just say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.